Bruce Maluish from VRX Silica. Uh, we're a company that's looking to develop some very long-life silica sand projects in Western Australia. We've got five projects uh, that we're developing uh, with a combined resource of about 1.4 billion tonnes of silica sand, generally for uh, export to Asian uh, countries for glass manufacturing, but also for the foundry industry. And uh, hopefully long-term, we'd like to be making glass here in Western Australia. Bruce, good to see you. Thanks very much for joining us. We haven't seen you since, I think, middle of 2022. Now, at that time, you told me, hopefully, by the end of the year, get your permits, uh, environmental permits, and cracking on with things. How did you get on? Uh, thanks, Matthew. It's good to chat again. Um, we're probably quite a ways behind from where we estimated in 22. Um these days, getting environmental approvals in particular in Western Australia, and I might add generally Australia, is, is proving not so much difficult as time-consuming. Often uh, where we used to get responses in weeks is now taking months. So uh, our activities are try and keep busy in the periods that we're waiting for a response from the government, and when they do ask for more details, we put those together as quickly as we possibly can. So most of uh, 2023 was taken up with uh, environmental approvals. The last document we lodged was in October last year, and that was a response to submissions that had been received under the public review period. And that's a very important stage of the process because um, it's, it's generally the EPA has has enough detail in there to be published. It was published. There were a number of submissions. There were only eight submissions. Uh, two were very positive, uh, and there were a couple of NGOs, and the other ones were government departments. Um, so we responded to those. Uh, we've been told by the EPA that they don't require any more information, and they will confirm with us any time soon that they have uh, enough information to complete the assessment. At the completion of the assessment, they'll have a recommendation for the minister. So we don't we don't see any pitfalls in there or uh, major hurdles to get over at this point. And um, we think it's a major step forward. We just expected to do it a lot earlier uh, last year. Why did you expect it? I mean, you must have known what the process was. Is you know, is, is the fault at your end? Is the fault at the end of of you know the re well the review process? I'm not quite sure what the review process um, was before what it is now. Has it changed somewhat? We we made our timetable estimates based on the uh, the department's guidelines. So they're not even meeting their own guidelines, um, which is a bit, you know, a bit frustrating. Where uh, where they tell you in a phone call to say, well, okay, we're not going to make it, even though it says this is when we're supposed to respond by, they haven't responded. But it's there's no jumping up and down and making a lot of noise. It just makes no difference. So all we can do is make sure that when we do respond, that we do it. Um, as best we possibly can and try to uh, estimate what issues that the EPA may come up with, even though you know, they, they're unlikely occurrences. If they may possibly occur, we've dealt with it. Okay, and then just, just want to be clear because obviously the, the process as described by you um, 
to me about 18 months ago was it's kind of sort of sensitive in the sense that you're sort of you know moving with your tech technology moving kind of scrubland to access the silica and then kind of putting putting it back remediating pretty pretty quickly as yes you move along there's no issues then with environmentalists being concerned about that technology this is just a process uh, part of the problem is that nobody has done this particular rehabilitation method at this scale uh, it has been done on trial plots by uh, other players in the area. Uh, so we had good data to go to, uh, and we've, we've gone to a lot of trouble to describe it, and, we, and there is no doubt it is a superior method that will give the best possible outcome in rehabilitation. And we understood right at the very beginning that re this whole project was about rehabilitation. It's a large area, it's an extremely large resource, but ultimately you got to hand it back in the same condition that you took it in the first place. So the whole mining method we have is built around the rehabilitation. We were well aware of that, but there are other features of this particular project that are, are not totally unique, but there is no waste dump, there is no tails dam, there is no pit. We're taking the top off a, of a, a, a sand dune. So there's no void. So a lot of those uh, issues that have to be dealt with by the uh, Mines Department and the EPA are not even there. So when they go to tick a box, it, uh, there is no box. <laughs> so they tended to uh, spend more time looking at issues that were not particularly relevant. Um, and... And, and quite frankly, it's it's been um, very tiny technicalities that we've been dealing with for the last two years. Okay, well, then talk to me about the what you've been doing in the last year. Then obviously, you th hope to be done by the end of twenty twenty two. Here we are, beginning of twenty twenty four. A year has passed. A year has passed since when you thought you'd be able to deliver this. What do you think? So, well, let's talk about sort of the money first, if you don't mind. The cost environment in that time has changed. We've had we have COVID supply chain issues and, and all sorts of price rises, salaries, all those wonderful things because of you know shortages of staff and in, in the in certainly Western Australia. Have you done anything in terms of trying to understand whether the economics are still there for this project? Yep, we do it almost constantly. Uh, the one thing we did do um, towards the end of last year, we went out and retended for all the major equipment. And what we did notice since we last did our BFS uh, is a significant increase in the price of steel. Uh, getting steel delivered doesn't seem to be a problem, but the price of steel has probably nearly doubled in the last three years. And of course, the whole plant is steel. Um, all, the, uh, all the equipment is steel and it's all held within a steel frame. Uh, and a bit of concrete on the bottom. Um, so, yeah, there's no doubt there's going to be a significant increase in our capital cost. In the operating cost, no, very little change. Uh, mainly, there's been a, a couple of good um, changes we've made. We've been able to source an extremely cheap power supply from a nearby gas well. Um, so uh, it's, there's no transport cost for the gas. Uh, the power station will be at the gas wellhead and uh, aerials down to us. 
that's a significant change. Um, and the equipment at the moment is all still diesel, only because there's not electric equipment available, um, not, not for what we want to do. It will be, I think, in the next few years, but at the moment it's diesel. The price of diesel did go up last year, but actually, funny enough, the last three months it's come down. Uh, and in fact, the forecast for diesel at the moment is lower than the estimate I had uh, three years ago. So the operating costs have, in total have probably moved up 5%. Um, the sale price for silica sand has probably gone up maybe 10%. So the, the outcome is very much the same other than the capital cost. It, it'll be significantly more. But we're amortising this plant over 30 years. So um, it, in, the, in terms of the financial modelling, uh, the capital cost is not, it's not hugely sensitive to the capital cost. Okay, so you protected your margins there. Um, silica science, you're selling, selling higher, but costs, costs have come up. And yep. let's see what um, these, these new shipping routes which are being created are going to do for oil price in, in the no, short no, no, term. Shipping's, well, um, shipping's come off as well in the last year. Yes, it has. I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking more so about the kind of um, the, uh, the some of the rerouting of ships um, because of some oh, yeah. of the, the yeah, sure. all these. No, that's, yeah, all down that's down. going to Asia, so we're going due north. Okay, fantastic. Okay, um, let's. Okay, so 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 that's on the kind of the margin protection side. Can you um, talk to me a little bit about the the market as a whole? Sorry, let, let, before we go there, you've referenced it. The capex is is, is modest. Um, is there a market for you out there looking to finance this thing, and how do you how do you kind of structure that the balance of that of that without kind of diluting people too much? I mean, have you advanced conversations there, subject to you getting this uh, this environmental permitting through the line? Certainly, the line. Yeah, certainly. Yes, um, we've been talking to a number of financiers. There's some government finance available uh, at very attractive rates. Uh, we'll take up as much of that as we can. We are fairly confident of being able to finance more than 60% or possibly 80%. So there'll be an equity component in there, but uh, it'll be the bare minimum as far as we can see. Um, yeah, the margins are there to be able to pay back you know, relatively high interest rates. Um, you know, they're high at the moment, but um, the margins are there to be able to uh, uh, to manage that sort of financing. And, and I want to say, is once you kind of get into cash flow, you can refinance that out at lower rates anyway. Yeah. Um, you, it, it, with regards to the kind of constantly um, assessing the economics around this thing, is that going to come out in a formal document that people can look at? Uh, part of the reason why we went out and retended for all the major equipment was to see how much it had moved in the last year. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll put in similar sort of increases to the components that we haven't retended on. But uh, yes, we'll, that'll all contribute to a DFS which okay. we're, uh, we're in the process of uh, compiling right now. What's the timing? So we that? expect to have that out in the next couple of months. And that okay. also supports the uh, our applications for financing. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, um, so let, let's, um, again, so I was just trying to, trying to think this through in terms of what the, what the barriers to this um, could be. Obviously, you talked about five projects that you've got. Um, clearly, you've kind of got your flagship project. The ramp up time. Normally, if when I'm sort of dealing with kind of you know gold and 
could cooperate. So I still understand what this ramp up could be. Given the environmental sensitivity around this and you were kind of, you know, it, it's really relatively new technology people aren't, as I say, there isn't a tick box for it. Is the ramp up period going to be slowed down by that? Um, you know, when can we expect, you know, after you say, let's say you get this thing financed, the build period will be what? And then the kind of how you have to demonstrate or um, to to the regulators, to the environmental um, uh, regulators, how if if this thing is working, are you kind of sort of going to be on a, on on watch, as it were? Are people going to be looking to you to prove that this thing actually does work the way you think it is? Uh, that's one of the joys of uh, some unique uh, uh, techniques that we're using. One, the rehabilitation, it will be hard to measure inside three years. It'll be sort of three to five years when you can start really measuring the effectiveness of it. So, But our ramp up, we're looking to put in a two million ton a year plant. Uh, that'll take six to eight months to build. And we're looking at ways to try and shorten that up. And we'll operate at a million ton a year, so half rate for two years. I don't think there'll be a problem ramping up the processing. The mining is relatively slow compared to many mining operations. You know, we're doing 300 tonne an hour. Um, and we'll run that two weeks on, two weeks off for the first couple of years. The real ramp up will be into the market. It's a typical industrial mineral. You have to get the product into the market to increase the market. You know, we have very substantial uh, potential buyers who say to us, yes, we want to have a look at it, send 50,000 tonnes. Now, at the moment, we're in no position to do that. We, we struggle to send them 50 kilos. So you can't be in production and you can't send those sort of samples until you're in production. So then we expect the market to ramp up over a couple of years. We've got a list of, well, I, oh, I haven't counted it for a while, but it's over 70 different companies have registered an interest to buy. Now, some of those are 20, 30, 40, 50,000 tonnes a year. Uh, some of them 100, 200,000 tonnes a year. We've signed up 200,000 tonnes a year now, and we've got a number of companies that are waiting for us to get a little bit further down the track with the EPA approval for them to sign up. Um, it's not terrible that's, that it gets delayed because the price is slowly going up. So we've got, we've got lots of players there that uh, will take the product, but it will take a couple of years to get the whole thing into the market. We're, from Aerosmith North, we've got you know, four different foundry products and foundry products are a function of the size and shape of the uh, grains. And we've got um, a glass product as well. And that's a function of the mineralogy. So uh, what we have discovered through more, more and more test work that we've done, we can get an extremely consistent product. And ultimately, the buyers are looking for long-term supply and consistent supply. The two things we can we can do is we can sign ten year contracts. You know, this first environmental approval is for thirty years. We can sign ten years because we've got we've got a hundred years of product, so we can sign very long term contracts. And what we've found is with the particular resource is that it is extremely consistent. 
Therefore, when we process it, we get a very consistent product. It's exactly what buyers are looking for. Right, and then just just sticking on the money side of things a, a bit, which is, um, you mentioned you want to be able to supply the you know, glass into the Aussie Aussie market or supply into the glass market in Australia. Um, Probably not the glass lot- market in Australia. No, it'll be all the glass market will be in Asia. We would it'll like be Asia. Producing right, glass I thought he said. I thought he said Aussie uh, market earlier. Okay, no. uh, in, in, into Asia. In terms of the financing, is there because a lot of the North American companies are under under pressure to not take financing um, and then supply into the Chinese market? Is, is this kind of competitive tension thing going on? Critical minerals left, right, and centre. Obviously, the, the, the silica sands used for um, not just glass but also cement and a bunch bunch of other uses. If the the the, the better the quality. Um, with the financing that you talked about, maybe sixty to eighty percent in terms of non-equity, where's that money going to come from? Is it going to be out of Oz? Is it going to be out of Asia? Are you under any pressure not to accept Asian uh, money? Uh, I expect a, a small portion to come out of uh, either Singapore or Hong Kong, right? Uh, possibly Korea um, uh, and or Japan. At the moment, we're not looking for finance out of China. And the end users we've been talking to have been Korea, Japan, Taiwan, uh, Malaysia, Philippines. Right. Um, okay. We, but I have to admit, you know, we get weekly requests from generally Chinese traders. Um, but, you know, at the moment, they're not... You know, our second million ton may go to China, but it'll be on spot. We're not looking to sign any contracts in China at the moment. Okay, okay, right, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Now, the other thing you just said a second ago, oh, we've got 100 years worth of sand. Now, that, that's a factor of how, how quickly you get after it or, or not. So, um, we, and we talked about the ramp up um, period and, 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 and the, re- the reasons why. But well, I guess last time we spoke 18 months ago, I kind of came away thinking, relatively simple um, process. They, these guys got a lot of it, and um, I thought you'd kind of get in, get into it quicker than you had. I so did, so did you. But the one thought I had was, how do they scale this thing? Because I think at the time with the with you know one of the projects you're talking about, maybe you had know, clearing 20, 20 bucks per ton. I think it was somewhere around that, and which might generate like. 20 million bucks per year i was looking to see well how quickly can this thing grow how quickly can you ramp this thing up and is there a market if you did for this so have you got a sort of sense of how you play this going forward in terms of the, the scaling? scaling up of the first few years will be just the time it's operating so if we're two weeks on two weeks off we can go three weeks on one week off uh, and then eventually you know 24 7. it's scalable from that point of view but to go sort of from 2 million tonnes a year to 3 million tonnes a year actually is quite easy because you just add a train. Um, it's it's one set of equipment and it's a very linear process. You just put another one in parallel. It can be scaled up significantly. Now, where we'll find ultimately the bottleneck, it would struggle to get over 4 million tonne a year out through the Geraldton port. At the mo- there is, there's a big port expansion going on at the moment. Um, the state government's spending about $350 million on the Geraldton port. Uh, part of that's for us. They're actually putting a storage shed for us. Um, and then, But there are a number of different uh, uh, 
potential uh, opportunities there for uh, operating at the port. But uh, that would be ultimately the bottleneck. Right, okay. And and does that, and do all your projects sit under that same constraint in a sense that you're going to have to go through this sequentially, even if you get up to that 4 million uh, number or whatever the expansion number allows you to get up to, or can, can you develop them all separately or, or concurrently um, if you had the money? They're, uh, they use different ports. <laughs> Muche uses a different port. Our, uh, project that blurts up uses uh, Esperance, and Muche would use uh, Quinana. So, yes, there's a bottleneck at each of them, but, you know, it's um, there's still a lot to play with. You know, the way we scale this up is to bring more and more projects on. Right. Uh, you know, further down the development and ultimately to be in production. So, uh, so what's your end game here? Was you get into production, show this th- that it works and that it is ecologically sound? Um, uh, does that make you attractive to some other party, uh, or do you want to kind of run this thing yourselves? Well, the company's set up that it's not it's not a complicated company. Um, but if it was attractive to another company, they would have to be sort of in the business. Uh, it's a very specialised industry. It's not like iron ore where you can just come into iron ore and start selling it, um, even though it, and if you've got a lower grade, you get a lower percentage of the, of the published price. It's, with silica sand, every single deposit is different. And often a very subtle change will determine which market it goes into. And there are literally hundreds of markets. You know, we're looking to develop a, at our Muche project, which is just out of Perth. It's very high grade. We've been doing some test work in Germany uh, to produce a high grade silica flower, which goes into the LCD glass market. Uh, and that the, the LCD market's growing at an unbelievable rate, uh, but the sand is also suitable for making cover glass for solar panels, which is also a market that is just going crazy at the moment. So if you can either manipulate the sand a little bit to meet the market, or you, it's a bit like Aerosmith North, we can produce some of the world's best quality foundry sand. Now, it's because what is there, we can't make it. We can go and screen it to the right size and get the right product, but you have to start off with something, whereas Muche doesn't produce particularly good um, uh, foundry sand, not as good as Aerosmith North. So little changes in the sand will determine which market you get into. We're very fortunate. Our marketing manager's been selling or buying silica sand for coming up about 19 years, We've got him based in KL. He's a Korean guy. Um, he knows all these markets. He could, We could do some te- initial test work. We could show him the product and he'll go, okay, if you do this and this, it could go into this market or what you got could go into this market. And quite frankly, you know, we've been, as a company, we've been on a very steep learning curve learning all these different markets. And sometimes it's just the tiniest little change will determine where it goes. So um, I can I can see ultimately at our Musho project, we'll produce probably three, maybe four different products. We're already producing five from Arrowsmith. Our Esperance project is very fine sand. It's a completely different sand 
and a different market down there as well. So our projects, as we develop them, they're not competing with each other. Okay, no, I understand that. So basically, I'm going to take there's a no, you think you can run this yourself because of the, yep. you need to know you need to sure. um, So this is what I'm hearing at the moment is a kind of nice sort of steady flow of cash once this thing is up and running at, at full, full capacity. Um, let's talk about share price. You you had a little spike in the middle of the year, so around to, to, to July sort of time. What were what were and then it's come off a lot since then. So what what were people expecting to happen around July time? Why why that peak? Uh, I think it was the response from the EPA that uh, they confirmed that it was being published. Right. By by the way, that confirmation came in June. They told us in a phone call in February that it was ready to go in February, and we didn't get it in writing until June. <laughs> So there was four months lost last year. Um, yes, it was, it was, but it, that, that was everybody, I think, recognised that it was a significant step. And I think our last, the share price has sort of hung in there a fair bit since before Christmas because I think people have recognised that we've gone to the next step, which is the response to submissions. And that's been completed. So. Um, if you know, if we get notification from the EPA next, I expect a bit of a kick on that. Uh, and if we, if we get the final approvals from the minister, I expect a significant kick on that as well. There's no doubt a lot of people recognise that getting environmental approvals for mining projects in Australia is very difficult, and it's a major hurdle to get over. If you do get over it, the good thing about Australia is. You don't lose it. You have to do something pretty bad with your operation um, to lose environmental approval. Yeah, I'd like, like I'd say, the, the world over us. We spend well, mining approval, I should say. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I'd, I'd say yes, the world over. To get, it was once struggling. you get it, it's yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, okay, can you just just to kind of finish off here, um, Bruce? Um, talk to me about what people have got to look. You said, okay, if 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 you if you get those two, if you get those two announcements. You should see um, a bit of a kick, but how do you then take advantage of that? Is it just a case of right? We we're going to get the DFS out in the next couple of months, two three months. Yep. We are then going to confirm or just button down the, the the financing and get this thing going because it was a six month build, I think, from memory. You said to yep. me six to eight months, yep. six to eight months, right? Um, so relatively quick. So what what would you um, signpost to people in terms of looking in at this thing, saying right? I think this these guys will be ready to go. What does it look like, path forward? Well, the sequence will be environmental approval, um, financial arrangements, start construction, complete construction, commissioning, and uh, shipping. So we expect to be shipping early next year. Okay. Well, there we go, folks. Uh, look, appreciate the um, the update. Um, and stay in touch. Let us know how you get on with, with all of the above. Um, could be an exciting year for you guys. Thank you, Matthew. Love to chat again.